Numbers chapter 11, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. And the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Tabera, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. Father, we want to thank you tonight for the word of God. We thank you for your presence, and we thank you for your people tonight. And I ask you to give us liberty these next few moments. Lord, we don't want to do or say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that we'd be obedient to you and help us to open our hearts and receive with meekness the engrafted word. God, I pray that you'd be glorified tonight and that your son would be magnified and may the church be edified. And Lord, most of all, we pray that we would see no man save Jesus only and we'll thank you for what you do. In Christ's name we do pray, amen, amen. You can be seated tonight. I wanna preach a few minutes tonight out of verse number one on this subject, on the cancer of complaining. The cancer of complaining. And I know that this is not a shouted out service and I know that none of y'all are guilty of what I'm preaching on tonight, but let me just go ahead and testify. I have been guilty of it. I have been under conviction about it and I didn't walk out of my office yesterday. I think I crawled out of it after studying this text, but the truth of the matter is is that complaining is something that comes very easy and very natural uh, for every one of us. And when we think about uh, this text tonight and where the children of Israel are at, God has done so much for them and God has blessed them and God has been good to them. Uh, But it's amazing that this chapter opens not with a thank you, not with a praise, not with them giving God glory and honor, but rather it opens with a complaint. And I want you to see tonight four things concerning uh, the cancer of complaining and then we'll be through. Uh, Number one, I want you to notice tonight the crowd uh, that complained. The Bible said in verse number one, Look at this first phrase, and when the people complain. Now, I want you to think about the people, the crowd that is complaining in this text. Uh, If you think about this crowd tonight, I mean, this is a crowd that uh, they have been out of bondage or they have been in bondage, should I say. When you think about them, 400 years uh, they spent in bondage. Now, that's a long time. They they lived under Egyptian rule. They lived uh, uh, by the Egyptians' ways, and and they lived in bondage, uh, for 400 years. Now, that's the crowd that is complaining. I see not only uh, that they had been in bondage, but I also uh, remember that they have been brought out. Amen? That in verse 11, they're not where they used to be. Can I get an amen right there? They're not living in the same place that they used to be living. They're not under the same taskmaster that they used to be under. Their life is different now. Their life has been changed. Uh, They've been brought out of that bondage and thank God they've been set free, amen. I mean, this is the crowd uh, uh, that is complaining. You would think after 400 years of living in bondage uh, and then being brought out, you would think they'd never have another complaint uh, uh, the rest of their life. You think they would get up every morning and just be glad to be alive, uh, just be glad that they're not having to live the way they used to live uh, and do the things they used to do and go the places that they used to go. But can I tell you something? Uh, God didn't just bring them out, but he brought them out, the Bible said, that he might bring 
bring them in. Amen. So they were in bondage. Uh, they've been brought out, but thank God they've been blessed. Amen. I think you'll agree with me that even though the wilderness uh, was no place to live 40 years, uh, it was better to be in the wilderness with God uh, than to be in bondage in Egypt uh, with Pharaoh. Isn't that right? And what I'm getting at tonight, you would think this crowd that I'm looking at and this preacher that you're looking at, you think we'd never complain. When you think about where God found us, uh, you think about the bondage of sin that we lived in, how we used to live and what we used to be, but thank God we don't live that way anymore. I'm glad I've been set free, amen. I'm glad I've been brought out. I'm glad my life is different. Don't you thank God for that tonight? And you would think after God set us free from sin and from Satan that we would never complain again, amen. Because we've been brought out and we've been blessed. Doesn't it feel good to be blessed tonight? Amen. Now, we're not in a Methodist church. Y'all go ahead and say amen. I'm not against them, but we ain't them. Somebody say amen. I'm glad we're not in a Presbyterian church tonight. I'm not against that crowd neither, but I'm glad I'm not a Presbyterian. I'm glad I'm in an old-fashioned Baptist church, so don't be afraid to amen the preaching. I mean, listen, my worst day living for God is still a thousand times better than my best day living for the devil. I'm glad I don't live the way I used to live. I'm glad I don't do the things I used to do. Don't you thank God for that? I'm glad I don't go the places I used to go. I'll tell you, it's one thing to be saved, but it's another thing to be saved and be blessed, amen? I can't understand why he'd pull us out of the pit, but I sure can't understand why he'd put handfuls of purposes and plotted efforts of grace along life's way and why God would be good to me and why he'd be good to you. I'm telling you, we are a blessed individual tonight. He's been good to us, hasn't he? And that's the crowd that's complaining tonight. But when you think about complaining, you look around and think about all God has done for you and all that God has given you and I tonight. The truth of the matter is, I don't have anything to grumble about. I don't have anything to gripe about. We live in America, the land of the free. Got a King James Bible in our hand and got Jesus in our heart. Got a good family, health and strength. I'm telling you, listen, I mean from the poorest of the poorest in America, we're still wealthy compared to those that live around this world. You don't have to worry about where your next meal's coming from. You don't have to worry about a soft place to lay your head at night. You don't have to worry about a roof over your head. I'm telling you, God has been good to you. He has been good to me. He let us hear the gospel. He let us be saved by the grace of God. He's put us in a good place. He's given us a good church to go to. We are richly blessed tonight. We have absolutely nothing to complain about. But isn't this amazing? I've probably heard as much complaining in church in my lifetime as I have in the world. I want to tell you tonight, I've been with some pastors and every missionary and preacher can, can vouch for this. I feel sorry for some of them, for all the complaining that they have to hear. Moses heard a lot of belly aching and whining, didn't he? Now y'all still with me tonight? There's no complaint department around here. I mean, I, I could appoint somebody. We'll just appoint Brother Barnes, amen. And if you got a complaint, go see him after the service. But I can go ahead and tell you, it's not gonna do you any good to go to him. He's not gonna help you none whatsoever. And if you come to me, I'm gonna send you to somebody else because I don't wanna hear it neither. Somebody say it, man. There's no reason to grumble and gripe. And when you think about how good God has been, think about where your life and mine would be at tonight. Had it not been for God, had it not been for grace, had it not been for mercy, 
say there's seven and a half billion people on planet earth. He could have let you and I died and went to hell and it's still been a thrice holy God. But I can't understand why he loved me enough. I can't understand why he let me hear the gospel. I can't understand why he let us be born where we're at. I'm talking about God has been good to us tonight. And there's the crowd that complained. But then I want you to see in verse number one, there's the consequences of complaining. You know, tonight you and I may think that complaining doesn't have a lot of consequences, but look at our verse tonight. I see here the sin of it. The Bible said, number one, that it displeased the Lord. I'm telling you, when you make God upset, you've done something. And what you and I say, our complaints may, we feel like they may fall on deaf ears, but Israel is complaining in this text and the sin of that complaining is that it displeased the Lord. I, I don't want to do anything that displeases God, do you? I don't want you may be here tonight and live squeaky clean and lily white and that's all good and fine and we believe in every bit of that. But if you have a bad spirit or a bad attitude or a negative mouth or tongue and you're always complaining about everything going on in your life, can I tell you something about that tonight. It displeases God. I see the sin of it. I see the sensitivity of it. Look what the Bible said in verse number one that not only did it displease the Lord but the sensitivity the Bible says in verse number one and the Lord heard it. You may be here tonight and say well preacher nobody hears me. I just get off, it just does me good to get off and, and throw a pity party and belly aching wine and complain and, and talk about something. I just gotta get it out of my system. Well, I wanna tell you the Bible said in Proverbs 15 and verse number three, that the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. God not only sees all, but according to this verse, he hears it too, amen? And the truth of the matter is I could step outside the back of this church and, and spend some time complaining and nobody in this room would hear that tonight. I could go home and, and begin to complain to my wife and may think that she's the only one that's listening, the only one that's hearing. But the truth of the matter is there is a God that has a listening ear to everything that we say. And if nobody hears it but him, that's very important tonight. He is sensitive and God was not only displeased, but he heard what they said. There's the sin, there's the sensitivity. Now I want you to see also in this verse tonight, there's the seriousness of it. The Bible said that his anger was kindled. That shocked me, Brother Danny, when I read it. I thought, of all the things to aggravate and make the Lord mad, complaining is what made him mad. You ever thought about sometimes, have you ever heard, uh, you might say, well, preacher, I don't understand that, but let me just ask you a question. Have you ever done something for somebody and then hear them complain about it? Now, you wouldn't think people would be that ignorant, but we are, aren't we? I mean, you, you've taken, you, you know, you take somebody out and you, you buy them a meal and, and then they complain about it. The other day, somebody stopped by the church and they were hungry, needed some groceries and so I couldn't get loose and so I sent one of the men, a couple of the men down to the grocery store to, uh, to buy them something to eat and I even told the men, I said, now, you know, I know that y'all will do this but, but don't be afraid to buy them some, something that you would like to eat. In other words, don't buy them, you know, just some spam or some green beans or some hominy, you know. I mean, don't buy them something disgusting, you know, potted meat uh, and if you like that, that's okay. I mean, we know you've got problems, amen, but we'll forgive you for that, but I'm telling you, listen, don't buy them something like, I said, buy them something good, amen, and so they did, but as they were picking things out, they were saying, we don't like that, I mean, if they're doing the buying, I'm doing the receiving, is that right tonight, 
But we're living in a picky society. I thought, man, if you're starving to death, I mean, you really would eat spam, I suppose. Amen. I'm not even certain what kind of meat spam is. Amen. I don't think nobody knows. And, uh, but you know what? I reckon if I was starving, I would eat it. Amen. But you know what? People complain. They, they complain about things. And we live in a society that's always complaining. Tomorrow on the job, mark it down. You'll hear somebody complain. You'll hear somebody say something about something they don't like. You walk in a room. It's either too hot or it's too cold. It, it's either too empty or it's too crowded. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's always somebody going to complain about something. Uh, you know? And so when you think about it, uh, listen, this is serious. Uh, the Bible said that it kindled the anger of the Lord. God got tired of hearing them complain. Don't you, don't, don't you get tired of hearing some people just whine all the time? Hey, man. Boy, I mean, it, it's just, you know, it can just drive you crazy. Is it anybody other than me? It drives me nuts. To hear people just complain and, and just, you know, they always got a negative. They always got, you know, you can say, boy, it sure is a beautiful day outside. Well, yeah, but it's going to rain tomorrow. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, man, always a complaint. <laughs> but you know what? They do. Them demon crats do, don't they? But you know what? Always got something to say. Always got a, a negative. Why can't they just be nice? Why can't they just why can't they just find something positive? You know, if you say, Well, well, we sure did enjoy the snow yesterday, yeah, but it didn't stay very long. You know? And if it would have been here, they'd say, well, yeah, but you know, we had to miss church. I mean, I mean there's just some things that uh, never makes anybody happy. You, listen, the only time they're happy is when they're miserable and that's the way they want to live. Uh, and they like to complain. They like to find something to gripe about. They're going to have a hard time if they get to heaven, when they get to heaven, because there's not going to be anything up there to complain about. Amen. The seriousness of it. Then the strategy of the Bible said in verse number one, that the fire of the Lord burnt amongst them. Well, I'm telling you, God had a solution for complaining. I'm gonna tell you what God will do. He'll burn our backside up. We get to whining and complaining, don't we? You take, you take one of your children, you might listen to a little bit, but you after a little, it ain't gonna take too much complaining. And listen, you're, you're gonna tell them to be quiet or you're gonna fire them up, isn't that right? You're not gonna let them just sit around and whimper and whine and just complain about every little thing. And I thank God I, I grew up in a generation when they put something on the table, you either eat it or you went hungry, isn't that right? Uh, they wasn't nobody asking you what you wanted for supper. Wasn't nobody asking you ate what we had, isn't that right? You didn't get asked, do you want this, this, or this? No. Uh, and you know, uh, you say, well, my child don't like that. I'll tell how to make them like it. If you put it there enough and there's nothing else left, they'll get hungry enough, they'll put it in their mouth. Amen. I mean, listen, I don't like spam, but I ate enough to fill all of us up in my lifetime. Amen. <laughs> Me and my wife got married. I said, she says, is there anything you don't like? I said, two things I never want to eat again in my life. One, I quit at three, and it was green beans. I said, the second thing, I never want to, I hope I never have to eat again by the grace of God. And if you like it, more power to you. I never want to eat another can of Spam the rest of my life. I lived on it. And I said, I never want to eat it again. But you know something tonight? That's the way it was. It got put on the table. You ate or you went hungry. I appreciate that, don't you? Because it taught you. It taught you to just accept what was in front of you. Amen. To tell you, and, and I see here the, the strategy, I see the severity. Notice the Bible said in verse number one that it consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. 
know what complaining will do tonight? It'll consume you. God consumed them because he got tired of hearing them. Oh, tonight, listen, you go to school, don't complain about your work. I promise you, school work is nowhere compared to what you're going to face out there. Thank God you got a school to go to. If you're homeschooled, thank God you're homeschooled. If you go to public school, thank God you can be a witness. If you go to Christian school, thank God you got a Christian school to go to. Just thank God for your situation. Be thankful in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Thank God you got a job to punch the clock. Amen. You say, oh, but preacher, I'm wore out and tired at the end of the day. Thank God you got a job that'll wear you out and make you tired. You say, well, I'm old and feeble. My joints hurt. Well, thank God you've lived to see the gray hairs. Your life could have been cut short in the flower in the springtime of your life but God's let you see the gray hairs just be thankful for where you're at in life you say I got more wrinkles and I got makeup and I got cream to put on it thank God for the wrinkles amen thank God for the old age thank God he's let you live I'm saying tonight we got nothing to complain about but God takes complaining very seriously tonight Oh, may God help me tonight. You know what complaining is? It defeats our spirit. It dilutes our mentality. It darkens our countenance. It defiles our speech. It damages our testimony all because we complain and it begins to grow like a cancer in our life. And then now, all of a sudden, we can't find anything good with anything and we dwell on the bad rather than thank God for the good. I promise you, since you and I have been saved, the good always outweighs the bad. And for every valley, there's two mountaintops on each side of it and thank God he's been good to us and he'll put a lily in our valley that'll help us along the way I'm talking about we have nothing to complain about tonight then I see not only the consequences but the condition of these complainers notice in verse number two that they complained toward their maker the Bible says verse number one the Bible said that the fire of the Lord burned among them and they and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. The Bible said in verse 2 that they pray that the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, you see, they're complaining to God. The Bible said in other places they spake about against God and against Moses. They complained against their maker. And you wouldn't think anybody that had come out of bondage. He parted the Red Sea. He drowned Pharaoh's army in the sea. He brought them over on dry land. He drew water out of a rock. He rained manna down from heaven. God had met their every need. God had been so good to them. Why in the world would they ever complain to such a God that didn't owe them nothing, but loved them not because they were the greatest, but they were the fewest amongst all people. But he said, yea, I've loved thee with an everlasting love. And he brought them out of bondage and brought them into freedom, but yet they complained unto the Lord. You ever complained to God? You ever complained because things wasn't going your way? You ever complained because you didn't get what you thought was coming to you? I want to say tonight, including the pastor, we've all been there, haven't we? May I say tonight, I'm glad that I haven't got what was coming to me. I'm glad that God is not fair tonight. I'm glad that God is merciful and gracious and slow to anger. But in our text, they complained against the Lord. 
They complained about what God had not done in their life. They not only complained against their maker, but they complained against the man of God. The Bible said in verse number two, and the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, they cried out to Moses. Could you imagine being Moses? The Bible said he was the meekest man in all the earth. And we know that Moses had to be because he had to put up with all this murmuring and all this complaining out of these Jews, out of all this time. Moses constantly had to listen to them gripe and grumble and complain about everything that wasn't going right in their life. They knew the the works of or saw the works of God, but they never knew the ways of God. Moses saw the works, but Moses knew the ways of God. And Moses had a closer walk with God than most of those in the land of here or amongst the people of Israel because they spent their night time belly aching and whining and complaining. Let me ask you this question tonight. Are you known for being a positive person? Are you known for being a negative person? Do people love to be in your presence or do they run when they see you coming? Think about that tonight. How's your family feel about you? They complain to the man of God. You know, I don't, I thank God we don't have a lot of that here. Every now and then some of it will come up. We ignore it, don't we? Is that right? There's no, you say, well, I don't like such and such. I don't, you know, for the one thing you don't like that goes on around here, why don't you thank God for the 10 things that you do like? Is that right? It's why I don't understand why Brother Gravity wants to have choir practice, because we need it. I don't understand why we gotta have youth choir practice, because we need it. What we don't do, we won't do a good job at. We don't have to be the best, but we have to give our best. Is that right? And we do it for the honor and the glory of God. And I'll tell you, we ought to practice at choir. And I haven't heard any complaints about that. I'm just kind of flushing it out in case we did. Amen. We had choir practice today. You say, well, I got to come 30 minutes early. Don't look at it like that. You ought to thank God. You get to come early. You ought to thank God. In a day when most people don't even want to have choir anymore, you ought to thank God. You still got a choir to come and to sing here. Don't be lazy and sit out there when you got two good legs to walk up here and sing in the choir. You say, well, it's too crowd. You ought to join the crowd. Amen. Don't complain about the crowd. Be glad you got a choir that is crowded. You could have one with nobody in it. Amen. I'm telling you, get up and come and get involved. Don't spend your time and say, well, we just all the time got to do something down at the church. All the time taking up an offering. That's right. And thank God you got money to put in the offering play. Thank God he's been good to you. And you say, well, I don't have any money to put in the offering play. Then ask God to give you some. And if you'll ask him to give you some, and if you won't lie, and you'll spend it and give it to him, He'll give it to you, amen. You believe that tonight? I'm gonna tell you, I found that out when I was 15 years old. I said, in all our service one night and I had no money to give. I said, God, I wish I had some money to give. And the offering plate come by and the offering was over with. Somebody walked up and gave me $10. Now, when you're 15 years old, $10 is a lot of money. It ain't probably a lot of 15-year-olds now, but it was then. And he gave me $10 and I held on that $10 and I thought all the next day, what am I going, what am I going to do with that 10 I never thought about my prayer. I thought, well, I wonder what I'm going to do with that $10. I think I'll buy this, I think I'll buy that. Went back to church that night and the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, I want you to put that $10 in the offering plate. And I did like a good Baptist. I said, well, now, wait a minute, Lord. I said, I, you know, God, I don't ever get $10. He said, hey, dummy, I'm the one who gave it to you. I gave you that $10. 
Remember what you said? You wish you had $10 to put in the offering plate and you ought to put in the offering plate. And I said, well, Lord, I, I, I need this and I need that. And, and God said, well, you, you ought to do what you said you was going to do. I did what I said I was going to do. Now you do what you said you was going to do. And I put that $10 in the offering plate. And would you believe this, Brother Laddie? When the service was over, we had never had this happen before in my life. A man walked up to me and he said, young man, he said, you need a pair of shoes. And he said, God laid it on my heart to buy you a pair of shoes. You know what he did? He put a $100 bill in my hand. I'm going to tell you what God did for me that night. He proved to me that his shovel is a whole lot bigger than my spoon and that he'll give through you what he won't give to you. I'm telling you, it pays to honor God. It pays to give to God. He'll bless you if you'll obey him tonight. But I'm telling you, a lot of times, I don't know why I got off on that, but I sure am glad I did. Amen. I'm telling you, friends, sometimes we spend our days complaining when we just think about it. God's rain man down from heaven and blessed us many times. Isn't that good? You know, Miss Cape's gonna be 90. 90 years young. We're not supposed to tell a woman's age, but she'll forgive me, won't you? That's right, she has to, she said. She's gonna be 90 in March, 90 years young, and we're gonna throw her a birthday party. How about that? Won't that be good? And we're gonna throw her a big one, amen? And so we're just gonna give her a birthday party for being 90 years young. Amen. But you know something? I thought about that. She's 90 years young. She sang in the choir this morning and tonight. I don't know why I'm preaching on it, but I sure am glad I am. She walked up these steps and sung both services. Now, that ought to, I think that's the new standard for singing in the choir. That until you get to 91, you need to keep on singing in the choir. Amen. Is that, does that sound pretty good? And if she lives to be 91, then we're going to raise it to 92. Amen. Just keep on cutting. It might be why she's living to be 90. Is because she's still going. Y'all believe that? I believe that. I've seen that down through the years in this church. Those that keep on, that never retire. Those that never throw in the towel. Those that never complain. Those that just get back in line and keep doing what they've been doing all down through the years. And they just do it with a smile. They don't do it with a grumble. They don't do it with a complaint. They do it and they thank God that they've got something that they can do. And you can't never have too much to do for God. And they just keep on going. And God just lets them keep on going. I'm saying thank God. Isn't that the way you want to go? staying busy for God. I'm talking about tonight. A friend, they complain toward their maker and they complain toward the man of God. Then they complain toward the members. The Bible said in verse number one that he consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. Them, that means there was more than one. Isn't that right? But can I tell you what that word, them, what also it means? It means not only was there more than one, but it means amongst them, somebody had to spark that complaint. They didn't all start complaining at the same time. Somebody, Brother Laddie, went up to somebody and said, you know, I, I just really don't like the way Moses is doing things. And that got them to going. They said, you know, well, what do you mean by that? They wasn't thinking about it. Well, I'll just be honest with you. I just don't like this and that. We've come out of Egypt. Well, I'm glad we're not in Egypt no more. Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful we're, we're not in bondage. But I'm telling you, don't you get sick and tired of manna? He brought us out here to the middle of nowhere. And before you know it, they're like, you know, you're right. 
And next thing, next thing you know, they're, they're having a conversation with somebody. Yeah. And it's growing. It's growing. You know, that's how it happens in church. Now, here's what I think about. How would you like to be the person in this text? God said, you want to spark something? God said, I'll send fire down and consume it. But how would you like to be the person that has to stand before God one day and give an account of being the person, the individual that sparked the fire of complaint amongst them? A lot of people lost their life that day all because one person had a bad attitude. You know, you never know in a church when you start complaining. You might say, well, I preacher, I really don't mean anything by it. No, but you never know how the next person's going to take off. You never know the fire that it's going to start in a church. I haven't heard anything, but I think it's good pre- preventive maintenance to preach tonight. You know, I know the spirit that you may, you know, I remember going to a restaurant one day and there was a lady in that restaurant that had a good spirit. And she was, amongst the other ladies that waited, I noticed the others were kind of grouchy, grumbly, you know. You go in and you sit down to get something to eat and they walk up there, you know, like, what do you want to drink, you know. All right. And they don't say nothing. Try to make a little conversation. They don't even smile. You know, they're, they're, they, they walk off, and, you know, just kind of you start, y'all ever peg people like that? My boy, she's grumpy. I don't want her as my waitress no more. She's grouchy. But there was this one lady, she was always very nice, very pleasant. And I told my wife, I said, hey, when we go in, I said, get the nice one if you can, okay? <laughs> she's over in that right-hand corner. If you, get it, if you go over there and sit, we'll get her, you know? And then I watched over time, I watched her become them. She lost that smile. She lost that kindness. She began to come grumpy. You never know how you affect people. Don't don't poison people with your complaints. Amen. And then I want to say lastly, the consistency of these complainers. You see tonight, the place, the Bible says, they named the place Tabera which simply means the fire of the Lord. But all I want to say is this tonight. One of the only things that Israel was consistent with was their complaining. In fact, if you have a Rock of Ages Bible, you can read it for yourself. It lists in the footnotes all the complaints, not all the complaints, but up to this point, the many of the complaints of the nation of Israel. And you'll see that in that footnote there. You know, when you think about I wouldn't want to be known, Brother Barnes, for being a complainer. I wouldn't want to be known for being consistent and always grumbling and grumbling. So I don't grumble about the church. Maybe it's not the church. Maybe it's your husband. Maybe you complain about all the bad things that he does. You don't think about every morning he gets up early, he gets out of bed and goes to work. Maybe you're a man that comes home and you complain about the things that are not done, but you never look around and you see all the things that have been taken care of. Maybe you're a young person that complains about your parents. You don't like some of the rules, some of the decisions that they've made. You never think about all the sacrifice and all the times that your father goes to work and punches a clock and comes home dirty and clean just so you can have running water and you can have lights and a warm place to sleep at night. Your mother, all the hours that she spends buying groceries and coming home and putting them in the cabinets and the meals that 
she provides and that she cooks and she labors and then cleans up afterwards. It washes your clothes and, and irons them and folds them and puts them back in the, the drawer. You know, those clothes just don't, they just don't appear there every time you go to the dresser. Somebody's done the work. You walk through the doors of the church, you never think about the hours the Sunday school teacher puts in to one lesson, one sermon. You never think about someone that vacuums the carpet. What, you go to the bathroom, you never think about who's putting the paper towels. Oh, if they're out, we're sure to let somebody know. But you never think about all the times that someone puts them paper towels in. You never think about all the time spent in typing up a church bulletin and putting all the, the information and putting all that together. Now, if there's a typo, we're sure to, hey, Brother Dave, oh, yeah. <laughs> did you know you misspelled something right here? I circled it in red for you. <laughs> Forget all the words that are spelled, spelled right. Yeah. Well, why didn't you spell that right? Yeah. And heaven forbid you forget my birthday. I told him, now this is just me. I said, I wish you'd just cut that. I'd, I'd do away that whole section, wouldn't you? Who cares? There's 365 days out of the year we all have them. What are you so excited about? I promise you, we're not near as excited about your birth as you are. <laughs> We've had to put up with you all these years. Some people, I'm telling you, I'm not even going to go there. Can you believe he didn't put my birthday in? Me and my wife have been married for how many years? I know more than she does. 27 this coming year. And you didn't put it in there, Brother Dave. Never think about that. Or you leave it in a pew. You don't take it home. You don't even read it. Well, why don't I read the church bulletin? Because there's a lot of good information in there. Why well, don't we read church bulletin? Because somebody spent the time to put that info in there. Amen. All the things in life. I told you I'd come crawling out of that office. Tonight, I, I don't want to live my life that way. We've all got enough. You know, in church, and it, thank God it's not often we hear that here at this church. But I, I, it drives me nuts. I can't help it. I, Brother Lady, I try not to let it bother me. You know, Brother Barnes, he's, uh, Brother Bobby Barnes, he's got a short fuse. He said that's his, his weakness, you know. I'll tell you, this drives me insane. Y'all pray for me. When you get in a service, somebody said, Preacher, I got a word testimony. I'm just really having it rough. I'll tell you, the devil's been riding me. It's been the worst week of my life. Did that help you? That don't help me none. I'm telling you, I've had, a, I've had a terrible week. Never mind you had to come in here in a wheelchair. I've had Parkinson's for 17 years. I just really had a bad week. Never mind, Brother John, you got cancer. You just don't understand. I've, I've just had it so tough. You got cancer tonight? Anybody will you down that aisle? I'm telling you, God may send revival to all of us. He said, Preacher, how do you conquer? I'm going to 
tell you real quickly how to conquer. Number one, think right. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, I quoted this morning, pure, honest, just, and of good report, if there be virtue, if there be praise, think on these things. If it ain't worth thinking about, dismiss it. Don't think on the negative. Think on the good things in your life. And then thank Him in everything. You'll never start thinking until you start thinking. You start thinking about how good God's been to you. It ain't real hard to start thanking Him. You don't got to hunt nothing if you'll think about it. I got breath in my lungs. I'm still in my right mind. I'm saved and on my way to heaven. Oh, thank you, Lord, I'm not going to hell. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads me through life's way. Thank you for a good wife. Thank you for a a good husband. Thank God for a man that'll work and thank God for a woman you can come home to. When you just start thinking, you just start thinking. Then don't stop there. Start telling. Amen. Don't tell people how sorry your husband is because what you're doing is tell them how sorry you are. Tell them how good of a husband you got. Amen. Don't tell them everything you don't like about your church. Tell them what you do like about your church. Amen. Because it really just tells how bad of a member you are. Tonight, talking about how to overcome it, preacher. Think right. Thank him and then tell it. Talk about the goodness of God. Hadn't God been so good? I'm telling you, here we are at the close of a day. Hasn't it been a good day? This is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's been good to have church to go to. Isn't that right? It's good that we didn't have to do like some people and wonder what, how, what we're gonna do for a church or where we're gonna find a church. No, I'm glad we had it. We're not a perfect church, but don't you thank God you had a church to go to tonight. And as we stand, the cancer of complaining. Our heads are bowed tonight. I, You obey God if he speaks to your heart about coming, if you feel the need to come. But I'll tell you what I had to do. I had to get on my knees and say, Dear God, guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. It's so easy. It's just so easy to see the glass half empty when I really have no right. He's been far better. If he speaks to you, you come tonight. You don't have to come if he don't tell you to come. But if he talks to you, you come tonight. Do business with him.